was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And we could stop right there in that passage of Scripture, there are so many sermons, there are so many thoughts, there are so many ideas, so many avenues you could go. With God, nothing is impossible. How is this going to happen? It's the Holy Ghost. Pastor preached just the other week, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you or take over you and and move upon you. But we continue to verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. For the next few moments, with your attention and help, and with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach a simple thought called, Be It Unto Me. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would move in this place. I do not take lightly this opportunity, but I am fully expecting and believing that your spirit is here. You are going to move. I believe there will be revelation. I believe your word is going to go forth. I bind any spirit that would try to stop it, that would try to interrupt and interfere with the work of God. I release truth. I release joy and the peace of the Lord in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Obviously, it's the Christmas season. Uh, If you didn't know that, well, surprise, it's the Christmas season. It is that time of year where we spend too much money buying gifts for people that really don't need anything, and then we all come to church and uh, celebrate the real reason for the season. If you did not know, uh, the gifts are not the real reason for the season. The birth of a little miraculous baby named Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is the reason for the season. And the portion we just read is commonly used in in Christmas programs. In fact, in our Christmas program coming up this Wednesday, it will be read. That same portion of Scripture or a, a piece of that will be used to describe how Gabriel, the messenger of the Lord, came and told Mary that she was about to birth the Son of God. And we remember Mary fondly during this time, as we well should, what she had and what she did and what she she got in this passage of scripture is something that none of us has ever received and none of us will ever receive this was a one time event god found in mary somebody he could have favor on and somebody he could move upon by the holy ghost and put a blessing inside of her but let's stop and take a look for a second at the attitude of mary Mary said to the angel after this this pronouncement that was upon her, earlier in Scripture it says she was troubled. She was wondering what kind of salutation this was going to be. What kind of greeting is this going to be? Yes, there was glamour and excitement of the moment. She, of all women on the earth, was going to birth Emmanuel, God with us. Mary, of all people, her name was going to be remembered much like we are today. She was would be immortalized almost in Scripture as the the mother of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. But what about the other side of the equation? Because as the angel begins to relay to Mary what was going to happen to her, I can't help but wonder if in Mary's human mind, some thoughts just managed to flash through for just a second. The other side of the equation would include the fact that pregnancy outside of marriage was something not celebrated in 33 B.C., 
Mary was going to face a public mocking. People would not believe what she was saying about an angel coming and visiting her. They would not believe that she was still a virgin. They would not believe that this child that was beginning to swell out of her abdomen was a uh, miracle child. They would doubt what she was going to say. She was going to face the risk of a public trial and a public stoning. In fact, it took a visitation from an angel for her fiancé to stay back his hand and to keep Mary and take her unto his wife. She would hear the whispers and notice the sideways glances uh, as she walked through the market. Mary was essentially writing herself in to be a societal outcast. She was going to give birth in a stable. Her little baby boy was not even going to get his own crib. Uh, All that room she wanted to prepare, the wall art she wanted to hang, the decorations she wanted to put on the wall, the fancy clothes uh, and the fancy blanket, none of that was going to come to pass. They were to be poor, and they were going to have to scoop some hay out of a manger and lay their baby boy in it. Mary was going to lose her child in Jerusalem for three days, frantically searching among hundreds of thousands, trying to find what she knew was the Messiah. And worst of all, Mary was going to have to watch her grown son, still her baby boy, hanging on a cross, naked and abused in front of the world, being brutally executed executed, though guilty of no crime. Mary would have to watch and endure all of that. And yet the words that come out of her mouth are, be it unto me according to thy word. You see, Mary gave an early Christmas gift to God. She was a willing vessel. She thought for a moment, perhaps, of everything that was going to come her way and everything that was going to befall her. But at the end of that moment, she was willing to say, here I am, God, use me. If I found favor with you, then I give everything I have back to you, no matter what comes my way, no matter what is going to happen. Could it be that as we head towards 2018, God is still searching this earth for a people willing to face ridicule, willing to face mocking, willing to face some doubters, willing to face some trials, willing to face some hard times, uh, and still finish with be it unto me. Uh, God, it doesn't matter what's going to happen to me this year. It doesn't matter uh, what's going to happen to me in 2018. I resolve uh, that I will do what you want me to do. I resolve that I will be uh, what you want me to be. Now, it's important to note Mary did not walk around with a sour attitude as this began. That first day she walked through the marketplace and she's got the Messiah growing inside of her. She's got a promise from God in her life. And many times we can leave a church service all excited. We can leave church pumped up, fired up. We've had an awesome move of God. We leave a personal prayer meeting, and we know that God has promised us something. And we begin to show that promise. We begin to talk about that promise. We begin to, to tell forth what God has done in our life. And the sideways glances start like, there goes Mark again. He's talking about how they're going to get a church. And the, the, the doubting begins to start. Oh, wow, they've been stuck at this number or that number for so long, and we're talking about growth and explosion. Uh, but Mary didn't walk around with a sour attitude. Oh, 
It's so terrible being used by the Lord. Uh, Listen to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Mary said, uh, my soul uh, doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. For behold, uh, from henceforth uh, all generations will call me blessed. He that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy in his his name. uh, And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Uh, There was something about Mary's attitude, something about Mary's spirit uh, that had caught God's attention. It had caught God's favor. She wasn't wealthy. She wasn't famous. She wasn't royalty. She was nothing in the eyes of anybody else. Uh, But to God, uh, she was available. Uh, To God, she was a vessel that was willing to go. Uh, To God, she was somebody that was open uh, and ready to be used. Uh, I want to have that same attitude. Uh, Be it unto me, God. Uh, I make myself available for whatever you have uh, for me. Whatever you want to do through me, God, I will make it available. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about your promise, God. I believe it, and I claim it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now think about this. The God of the universe that spoke galaxies into existence chose her. He chose her body. He chose the Holy Ghost to move upon her. He chose to put a special precious gift, uh, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, inside uh, of her. And now this same God that spoke this universe into existence, uh, who is no longer satisfied to dwell in temples made with hands, uh, but in John 14 and 15, Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye shall know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. That same Holy Ghost that moved upon Mary is in this place today. Uh, And God doesn't want to just move upon your life. God doesn't want to just affect your life from the outside. But God uh, wants to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life. Uh, That same God of the universe that put his spirit inside of Mary uh, wants to birth something inside of each and every one of us. Uh, There is a peace that passes understanding. Uh, There is a joy unspeakable uh, and full of glory. Uh, This is just a taste of the inheritance in heaven uh, of what we're going to get. Uh, But God is not willing to share any one of us. He wants everything. He wants all of it. Imagine how differently the story had played out if Mary had tried to bargain with God. Mary had tried to say, well, God, I'm okay with this as long as you like trumpet to the whole city that I, uh, I actually am a virgin. I'm okay with this promise, God, as long as you take care of X, Y, and Z. But no, be it unto me, God, according to your word. You see, he's looking for someone today willing to say that. When God gives you a promise, you can expect 
there are some problems that will arise before that promise is fulfilled. Abraham wanders decades in tents in deserts before his promised son is born. Joseph was promised that his family would come and bow before him. And yet he finds himself a slave uh, in prison in a foreign land. Moses was a child of promise, the hand of God upon his life, pulling him out of a river, raised by the king. uh, And now he's 80 years old in the backside of the desert watching sheep, thinking his life is over and done with. David was anointed king, but the only thing he was ruling over was a dark cave uh, and a bunch of rebels and vagabonds. But the one thing each one of them had in common uh, was a promise from God uh, and an attitude that was willing to say, be it unto me, God. Uh, I don't see the promise yet. Uh, I don't understand it yet. Uh, but God, do what you want in my life according to your will. Uh, do what you will inside of me uh, as you want to. Uh, let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I want to give you my life, God. Uh, I give you my heart, oh Lord. I believe it, God. And I don't say uh, this next portion lightly, but I believe the Lord spoke to me as I was preparing for this. Uh, Jesus Church, we stand on the precipice of a visitation of God. Uh, and I believe today, uh, before God takes a little church uh, and lets them fly one last time, He is wanting to know uh, can I trust you uh, to have a be it unto me attitude? Uh, can I trust you uh, to have the attitude uh, when everything doesn't seem to make sense uh, and everything's not going your way uh, and everything's not falling in place like you want it to uh, are you still going to trust me uh, are you still going to stay faithful uh, are you still going to stand upon the promise of God uh, he's looking today uh, for a vessel he's looking today for someone uh, willing to say here I am God uh, use me uh, I don't know God why uh, this had to happen I don't know why I have to face it, uh, but uh, I trust you. Be it unto me. This is the best time uh, in the world to be a part of the Jesus Church. Uh, you are in on the ground floor. I believe, uh, and I'll say it by faith, 2018 is going to be a year. Uh, at the end of the year, uh, we are going to look back over our shoulder uh, and marvel at what God has done. We are entering a season of revival uh, and a season of harvest. Uh, but just like Mary, oh, come on, uh, Yes, uh, come on, rejoice in the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, Somebody ought to claim that. Uh, Somebody ought to believe that. Uh, Oh, uh, be it unto me, God. Uh, I don't care what I have to face this year. Uh, I don't care what I have to go through this year. Uh, I know you are faithful. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. (laughs) But just like Mary... There are going to be some who are not going to believe. Society, this city, this region is not going to accept this visitation with open arms. There will be mockers. There will be doubters. There will be haters. There will be pushback. 
My friend, if the devil was confused about what was going on with Mary, he is no longer confused about what is going on in this church. He is no longer confused. He is trying, uh, digging his little hooves in, tooth and nail, trying to fight it, uh, trying to rip some people away, trying to tear some things down. uh, But make no mistake about it. uh, There ain't no devil in hell uh, that is able to stop what God wants to do in your life this year. uh. There ain't no devil in hell uh, that is able to stop what God wants to do in your family this year. uh. There ain't no devil in hell uh, that is able to stop what God wants to do in water town this year. I wish somebody believed it. Uh, There ain't no devil in hell uh, that is able to stop what God is going to pour out uh, in Northeast South Dakota this year. Uh, Oh, uh, be it unto me, God. Uh, Be it unto me, God. I want it. Uh, I want it. Uh, I want it. Uh, I want it, oh God. But none, none of that happens without God trusting a church to be willing to put aside their own dreams, put aside our own aspirations. I'm sure Mary was looking forward to her marriage to Joseph. She had in mind uh, how her little family was going to look. And we have in mind, and I believe it is put there by God, how this church is going to look and this region is going to look. Uh, But perhaps God is saying to us right now, uh, that's a great plan, uh, but you're thinking too small. That's a great plan, but hold on. I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interject. I'm going to put uh, the Messiah right at the front of your plan. Let's all stand together. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus speaking to his disciples on his way to a cross. says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. But he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. One more portion of scripture in Luke chapter 18. There's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. And many people came to Jesus. Many people approached him. Many people wanted to talk to him. He was somewhat famous. But at the end of the day, there were few that were willing to give everything to Jesus. And he comes to Jesus and he asks him, Master, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, you've got the law, you've got the prophets, you've got the Ten Commandments, go go do all that. And the young man, I'm sure his confidence is swelling. He is, he is nailing it. He's standing in front of the Master and he is able to say, I have done all of those things since my youth. But imagine the twist. When Jesus Christ looks him in the eyes and he says, one thing you lack, go sell everything, give it to the poor, and follow me. And this young man leaves sorrowful. Why don't we all crowd this altar here? I believe God is about to move. We pick up the reading in Luke chapter 18, verse 28. And I'm sure the crowd around has watched this young man leave sorrowful. They're wondering what in the world is going to happen next. And Peter, 
who seems to be the spokesman of the disciples, looks at Jesus and says, Lo, we have left all and followed you. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you that no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, there is no man who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Again, I believe God is asking each and every one of us right now, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to give everything into my hand? Do you trust me with your finances? Do you trust me with your life? Uh, If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you've never obeyed the gospel, today uh, is your day. Do you trust God enough uh, to give him your hurts? Do you trust him enough to give him your heartaches? Do you trust him uh, enough to believe he is who he says he was, that he can wash away your sins uh, and give you life eternal? But we can't leave this place looking at what we're giving up and longing for it and waiting for it. Because we hear straight from the lips of Jesus, there is no one who gives something up for the kingdom of God that is not going to receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. There is nothing in this world that is worth missing out on that life everlasting. There is nothing in this world worth missing out on what God wants to do, not only in our personal lives, but in this this church and in this region. And I believe as this year comes to a close, God is just wanting to check one more time before he takes a little church for a flight. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Can we lift our hands across this place? Can we open our mouth right now? Uh, Can we begin to examine our own hearts? Can we begin to examine our own minds? Uh, God, is there anything I'm holding? Uh, Come on, let's lift up our voices, church. Uh, This is not something to be down about. This is not something to be sad uh, or depressed about. God uh, is trusting you. Uh, I believe just like Mary, the favor of the Lord is upon this church. Uh, But Mary still had to say, be it unto me, God.